1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hey, girl. Hey, welcome to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. And today I have on friend of mine, star of Vanderpump Rules, and now a fellow dear media podcaster, Katie Maloney
1: Schwartz. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> Are you Katie Maloney Schwartz? Fish? Um, not like legally, but I've I've hyphened it just for now. Just I think it it just helps people. I don't know. I maybe one day it's a lot of work to go through and like change your name, girl. It's the most work. It was like it was
0: actually the biggest. Um. It was the biggest gift I gave to myself when I got a divorce was I was like, I never actually changed my name. (laughs) Congratulations to me. Yeah. Yeah, Well, especially because
1: you've been you have been known as Taylor Strecker. Exactly. So I mean, I I, but but still, but you have. Yes, you've been known as Katie Maloney, but
0: also Schwartz, like his your last name with him is his first name, essentially.
1: You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I, I know. I just I like my name. I like the way it sounds. And I feel like Katie Maloney Schwartz has like a nicer ring to it. I like it too. I like a hyphenate. Yeah. I'm going to be Taylor Donahue Strecker
0: and Taylor Donahue is going to be Taylor Strecker Donahue. That's not confusing at all.
1: (laughs) I mean, you guys are both named Taylor, so you got to mix it up somehow. Truly,
0: I don't know what we're going to do. We should just name all of our children Taylor, um, (laughs) a gender
1: neutral name.
0: We should make our last name Taylor. We can also be the Taylor Taylors.
1: Yeah. (laughs) like um reminds me of home improvement the taylors oh
0: my god we are can you imagine (laughs) if we did that honestly i have no fucking i we're gonna have to be one of those annoying lesbian couples that like hyphenates our last names like strecker hugh or like (laughs) doniker and like have our kids have that last name and then there's a whole thing if like your kid's last name doesn't match your last name apparently it's a flying logistical nightmare so then like do Taylor and I then take our hyphenate name and then literally be the exact same person? <laughs>
1: Just... <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway,
0: that's, this is not what we were supposed to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Katie has a new podcast out. It's called You're Gonna Love Me. Mm-hmm. It's with Dear Media. I'm
1: so proud of you. And also, welcome to the family. It's a great family. Oh, I know. I, this, when I was first out starting a podcast I was thinking you know just doing it independently on my own but then you know I I was familiar with Dear Media obviously through you and like Jackie Schimmel and then uh The Skinny Confidential and kind of getting more into like of like who they have on and what podcast hosts and it all being female I was like that's dope and I I just was like I want to be I want to be in this company with these people and I was like so thrilled when they were like I'm bored to have me come in. I mean, I like, I I feel like just like the sky's the limit
0: with dear media. I mean, there's so many great podcasters already and there's going to be more and more and more coming on. Like, you're a perfect example. I just, I honestly cannot say enough nice things about Dear media. And I've worked in media for 15 years now. And <laughs> I'm pretty hard pressed to say nice things about a lot of companies <laughs> in media. Right. And I think, but dear media, well, you know, dear media was kind of like an open letter to media. Like, Dear media, do better kind of a thing. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like, dear media is like, it's kind of taking old school media and flipping it on its head. Hence the predominantly female voices in a male dominated industry, which, you know, radio yeah. is male dominated. Podcasting is still dominated by men. So I fucking love Michael Bostick. He's my favorite feminist in the world. The, and, yeah, um,
1: so I, and smart. I, of
0: course, I love Lauren. So I can't, I mean, I know everyone's always like, oh my God, yeah, whatever. Like it's your company. Like, no, I'm not like, like Twitch and like defending Ellen, okay. Like I am like being like <laughs> this company is legit, no joke. Like the best thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. So much support, so much love, so much also like um independence. You know, like they don't mess around with your content. They believe that your fans are your fans, your content your content. Honestly, they are the future of media. So boom, spiel. you heard it here. So- <laughs> I know i'm like obsessed with them anyway um so your podcast explain to the audience what your podcast is about because i was actually a part of like helping you brainstorm yeah like the act like the the the, the specifications and like the intention of this podcast it, it's it, i mean we we've had many cocktails <laughs> and many tequilas oh yeah and this has been the the, the topic of conversation
1: yeah, I mean, you were obviously, you and, and Stasi were, you know, two people who I really wanted to come to for advice and just helping me flesh out ideas and the concept of making it super crystal clear because you guys have been working in, you know, on this platform for so long and have become so incredibly successful at it. So obviously, your input and advice was invaluable to me. So. Thank you for that. But yeah, so it's called You're Gonna Love Me. And, you know, I wanted to have it stem from my own personal experience and in being, you know, more in the public eye and becoming, you know, reality personality on television. And my experience with that has been interesting because, uh, you know, when I first came on the show, I was like kind of like quiet or I was considered to be the nice one. But again, it was because you hadn't quite seen all of me and <laughs> the layers. Um, because I've always been a you know a pretty opinionated person or someone that you know um, is brutally honest at times. And I'm and as I've come out more on the show, I've become somewhat of like a villain on the show. I've been the mean girl or the bully or the bitch on the show, and I'm just like, okay, well, I guess. When you're seeing it, and you're seeing, you know, certain situations play out on the show, I can be, you know, my personality can be a little harsh or like <laughs> rub people the wrong way. But I was just like, there's, but there's like so much more to me. There's, you know, right. I like this is this is a part of like who I am. This is a part of ha- what happens when I get in arguments with friends. But that doesn't. I'm not just, like, to the core, a mean, awful person. and That's not, like, 100% of the pie. Like, that's, like, a, like
0: yeah. even the fact that you're admitting this, because a lot of, like, a true bully, a true piece of shit, okay, a true villain, they can't acknowledge any wrongdoing. So Katie's saying, yeah, can I be crazy when I drink tequila? Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> when I fight with my friends, do I get, in, like, intense and honest? Yes, I do. But, like, that is not your only identifier. Like, you know, it's it's interesting because having viewed the show i mean i've known you so what season do you, would you say you started to get this like villain moniker um
1: like that you
0: could see the audience being like katie is being mean again <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh i mean it, it probably started early on maybe even you know in season two um when kind of like the the birth of Tequila Katie happened because I would be, you know, arguing with Sheena and calling her like a whore, giving lap dances, and um, <laughs> and so I think people started seeing like the spicy side of me come out. Um, but I, I, I'm trying to pinpoint exactly when because that it didn't quite happen. I, um, yeah,
0: because like I could see you like having like, oh, that was a bad like episode. And like people like come at you on Twitter or wherever they were coming back then. And then it like dies down and then you're like getting the love again. But like, when were you like, what season? Or if you could even pinpoint the episode, were you like, oh my God, like this is, I'm not shaking this. Like this has now become my
1: identifier. I, oh gosh, I'm trying, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think back because it all like has like, blurred into <laughs> one thing yeah. um oh it was probably I, I don't know it's been it's been a, f- a number of se- oh, hi. it's been um at least for like the last like three or four seasons I feel like
0: right so for me because when I met you Because, like, when... when I I mean, the way that I actually met all of you guys was through Stassi. I interviewed her at Sirius. Mm -hmm. And I was literally ready to rip into her. Like, I was like, (laughs) this girl reminds me of every girl who was mean to me in middle school. I'm going to kill her! And then she was like, oh, my God. I love your radio show, Wake Up a Taylor. And she used the name, which made me like, oh, my God. She either did her research coming in here, respect, or she really isn't. She's like, my friend Katie got me into Cosmo Radio. And I was like... "Oh," So I... You guys had me at hello. You know yeah. I'm a narcissistic bitch. So if people are like, we like your work, we know who you are. I'm like, um, let's be best friends. So that that was the thing is I I think I watched the first season with a very discerning eye, but by season two, I was in. I was I was I knew you guys. I knew the behind the scenes. I so it's really hard for me when people would like say things like in regard to your behavior, because I'm like, Katie, get the yeah. fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, what are you even talking about? And I started to realize that, you know, what, sometimes when you're in really close to something, you know, you really aren't watching it with the rest of the audience. And so like, that's the thing for me is that like, you know, and I can't even imagine if it's hard for me to see, it, can't, it must be that much harder for you guys to see, because you're actually living it. But um, but like, yeah, I, I try to think back to like, when was Katie like, I scratch my head like I don't get this villain like slogan that's just like been attached to Katie. It's like it, I'm miffed by it actually, Katie. Like yeah, I, have I seen Tequila Katie on television? Yes. Have I seen Tequila Katie IRL? Yes. But yeah. like we all have bad nights. Like it, like I, you're no different than my friends from college. You know what I mean? Or like <laughs> my, my like like me. On me <laughs> on any given tequila night so I kind of was just like yeah Katie got really mad one night in my kitchen with Taylor at Stasi and Katie's mom was there and Katie left and I blocked the door <laughs> she wouldn't listen to me but she left anyway and yeah it was awkward the next day but like the next time I saw you like it was like water on the bridge it was like no big deal like I yeah. was like I knew that was in her this whole time <laughs> so that's the thing it's like I just I don't I'm I really don't get why you got branded that but regardless well, I, of how
1: yeah I think But I, I think also So it it had a lot to do with um, when I would be doing certain things or saying certain things that I was, you know, I always like would like speak from my heart, you know, and I I had to always say what was like honestly like in my heart and in my gut and and people wouldn't agree with the certain ways I would handle things like when I gave, you know, Tom an ultimatum (laughs) and then later on I gave like Lisa kind of an ultimatum. And it just...
0: (laughs) Hey, I don't honestly... I'm not mad at an ultimatum.
1: <laughs> Listen, they get shit done. They they really <laughs> do because you have to. You have to. I think it's also about yeah. like knowing like your, your worth and your and the value that you know you have and. Being, well, God
0: forbid a woman sticks up for herself and,
1: ever. I know, right? and that's that's the thing is when when in those times where I have like stood up for myself and being like no, like I can't like. I'm worth more than this. I value myself so much more than this. Why it would be viewed as me being a bitch. But that's a problem in society.
0: That's a societal issue. It's a sexist issue. But I will say this, you know, ultimatums, it's not a dictatorship. You're still giving somebody an option. They can still say no to
1: you. Absolutely. If you're not that valuable to them. Ultimatums, you're just testing your value. Yeah. (laughs) You're putting the ball in their court being like, this is where I stand. This is how, like what, what where want. I'm coming from, what I want, what I know, you know, I'm worth. And if you don't see that in me, then I don't I can't be here because I don't want to be. I don't want to have people in my life or be in people's life who don't see me as that. And I know it's like it's Baby, that they're never going to reach. They're never going to. It's it's always like you're always going to see yourself as the number one. So I can't expect that other people are going to feel the same way about me that I do about myself, but it's still like meeting me halfway or
0: something. You know what I have to say? A lot of women struggle with self-esteem and and confidence. And so I admire that in you because you have the confidence to be like, this is what I want. I don't even, I, for so long before, honestly, until I met my now girlfriend Taylor and like we fell in love and I was like, Mm. I'm going to engage in this same sex relationship. (laughs) I literally had never, so I was like probably 33. I so I lived 33 years of my life with the world telling me what my value was to them and that (sighs) is fucked up yeah so I commend you on having a sense of self and saying like no this is what I deserve and if you don't agree with me fucking kick rocks but like that's the thing it's like I like the first time I ever made a decision for myself in my life without people telling me it was okay or that like yes this is your worth was when I was like I'm gonna date a woman and if it pisses you off get the fuck out of my life. I mean, talk about ultimatums. I gave so many ultimatums (laughs) during that time, but it was like, get on board or don't. And it's your choice. And like, I will be sad if you make what I consider to be the wrong choice, but like, I'll be here waiting when you decide to come around and make the right choice. And it wasn't an easy road, but like five plus years later, it's great now. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, and it's because I demanded to be, I mean, people will treat you the way you let them, right? Right, yeah, exactly. So- if you feel like a doormat, well, then stop being one. And you, I mean, it, it makes me sad that rather than people seeing you as a confident woman who sticks up for herself, they see, well, of course, right? The world we live in. They see a a, a bitch
1: who is a quote unquote villain. Like a tyrant. Yeah. Like it's, that's, uh, I'm thinking, makes thank, so you, thank you for understanding it. Like I you get it, getting girl. It.
0: So I see you, boo-boo. But that's the thing. So this is why you start the podcast, right? Because you're like, I'm get, Like I'm, I, I want to do a podcast, and I'm, you know, I want. Not only do I want people to see other sides of Katie, Tony. Yeah. Okay, this is who I am. Yes, have I been those things to the audience? Yes. Are they all true? No. Are some of them true? Maybe. I'll take ownership. But also, this is the other side to me. You're going to love me. But then also you have guests on where they talk about their own struggles. Yeah.
1: So it's not about just like you're going to love me. You're going to love these other people who have like possibly been in similar situations. I have like public scrutiny um, being judged for who they are on a television show or an event that happened in their life, or even people on the other side who are viewed as being these like perfect angels. Like they still, it's not about exposing like the, the villainous side of them, but just it's about humanizing everyone and creating that relatability. Because like you said, when you watched, uh, the show and you had Stassi on, you were about ready to lay into her because it was just the opinions that you had of her from watching the show. One season, that's all I had. Yeah. So I think I think it's always like, it's very natural for us to make snap judgments and to have opinions of people. But I think in the, it's we're always going to do that. It's sometimes right. we do it for sport. It's fun to sit here and be judgy, <laughs> but I think we always have to remember that sometimes we're doing a disservice to ourselves and that person, and we keep ourselves from like fully understanding one another and finding that like relatability. Like with Lala, with me, you know, right. um, I when she came in on the show, I just thought she was like very like pr- you know provocative, and you know, taking her top off and doing all this stuff, and I just was like, yo, what is this about? Oh, and then she's a homewrecker. And I had just, like, these, like, little t- tiny nuggets of, like, who I thought she was or how I thought she presented herself. And then um, over time, after we kind of let our guards down, we had so much more in common. We found out that we were so much more alike. Right. Oh, same.
0: For the first season that Lala came in, I was like, fuck this bitch. She steals husbands. She lies about cars. She's like, she's ratchet. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And then and she's and she's shaming other women Oh, and taking her top off. I was pissed about that too. But yeah. the, the next season I was like, this bitch is like, she's like telling me to love my vagina and like <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. And so, it, but it really is interesting. You know, we do, we make snap judgments, especially when it comes to people. I mean, first and foremost, people on reality TV, you guys are mm-hmm. like at the forefront of snap judgment, knee jerk reactions from people. Um, and then, I mean, anybody really though in the public eye, I think like actors and actors. Actresses Maybe have a little bit of a caveat because you're like, they're acting. Well,
1: yeah, and they also have more anonymity when it comes to their own personal lives. They're not putting out like the, you know, fights with their husband and boyfriend and friends right. and having to deal with like intimate moments that right. people don't see ever. Like this is it's very voyeuristic at times, yeah. you know, a lot of the time, actually. Um, you know, whether it's just you and your boyfriend screaming, At each other it's just (laughs) uh, I mean if if there was A camera recording the fights that I've had with Taylor It would be very ugly well I think That's what a lot of people forget is just like Well I'm sure you and your Boyfriend girlfriend husband wife Have had some pretty Horrific fights and if it was Even if it was on or if it was filmed and being put out there, it would look a certain way and people would have also, all kinds of opinions. Films
0: put out there and edited down. So we're not even seeing the
1: totality. Because my fights take a while to hash through. Yeah. You bet you best <laughs> believe I've but, got things to say. I, but the podcast is not about not judging. It's about the fact that we do judge and what those judgments and opinions are and challenging them. Which I love. And yeah. I
0: well, I also love how you say you have on people too who are like they seemingly are perfect. Cause also you know, it's not fun to be labeled a villain or a bad guy, but it's also not fun to be labeled the perfect one because then you have you're on this pedestal, you can fall so far, you know? Yeah. Like I think I think we live in a time now. Did you watch um oh my god, Little Flyers Everywhere? Oh yeah. I okay. love that. So I watched that. First of all, I was like, I'm triggered. Literally Reese had the same exact haircut as my mom when I was growing up, drove the exact same car. I was like, <laughs> it's my mom. It's my mom when I was 17. <laughs> and my mom now is so fucking cool. And she's like, she's just like, like literally like I remember she was, was saying, well, daddy and I never drank when you guys were growing up because we we're trying to set a good example. But what's the point? Look at all three of you, <laughs> to me, To my brother and sister. We're like, yeah, we drink socially. And my mom's like, well, now I'm going to start drinking. We're like, (laughs) please. But like my mom and dad in their old age, they've really just like chilled out. And also like me coming out was massive for them. You know what? That was the final straw. And like the streckers are perfect. That was my mom was like,
1: "Okay, fuck it. We're not perfect. Like this one's gay. I don't know how that happened. That was I I got completely blindsided by that. But like. But why would that be viewed as like not being perfect because you're gay? Like that's that's not. Well, because Okay, to go back to yeah. Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah.
0: So I actually was watching that going, damn, this reminds me a lot of my childhood. Listen, not to the extreme. I didn't say, like, I'm not perfect. My mom was like, yes, you are. But did I say she drove the same car as my mom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is that I, 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 I watched that and it was the first time I ever, like, not the first time, but I really, I kind of understood my mom and I thought, I feel really bad for women and i'm going to generationalize it because and, and like this generation and 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 pro- and before it but like you know so we talked earlier about sexism and women being like knowing their worth it's like makes them a bitch but like mm-hmm. imagine being a gen x woman like a deep gen x woman or maybe a baby boomer or even like before Women were expected to be perfect. That was the expectation. And you be perfect and you measure your wine, you know, and your kids are perfect and they're a reflection of you. I can't even imagine that stress of being perfect. And I was raised by a mom who was a total perfectionist. Like my mom used to say to me growing up, we grow up. We live in a very small town, and your dad's a doctor here. You're a reflection of like. So basically, I'm a reflection. of My behavior, me as their child, that's affecting the business which supports the family to survive. Like she didn't say it that directly, but like I think I was smart enough to kind of understand the scope of it. But like I was a regular teenager. I wanted to experiment and be kind of bad, and like I mm-hmm. I definitely felt the constant pressure of be be perfect, be a good girl. And what I did was I just lived a double life. I was like perfect. And, like, bullshit. And yeah. then I would just, like, while out when my parents weren't watching. And sometimes I would get caught and sometimes I wouldn't. And when I get caught, I would get grounded forever. <laughs> but then when I went to college, I was like, I'm going to be crazy. But my parents had no idea what I was up to in college. And then I got a radio show. And that's when the shit hit the fan. Because my mom was like, her friends could listen to me talk about all my shenanigans. And my mom was like, yeah. you're Truly an embarrassment. And I was like, it's not for you. It's my, and truly, I think my radio show when I first started, and probably it's still one of the greatest loves of my life. But like, I think the first time I was ever in love was when I had that career. I was like this, I will, I will kill for this career. I will do anything for this career. And sticking up to my mom and being honest about things, I was willing to do that for the love of my career. Like I was like, I'm not going to give this up. I'm not going to, like, make this church radio. It's Cosmo radio. <laughs> and we fought for two years straight. I'm not even joking almost every single day. And eventually she came to terms with it and came around. But what I, what I was mad about back then was she, she, like, I wasn't realizing her side of it, which was she had a, all this pressure from society to be perfect. And I was threatening that with, you know, my imperfect life. <sighs> but we're so lucky. Look around, look around. See how lucky we are to be alive right now. Yes. For real though. Like we are so lucky to be alive in a time where women being flawed and strong is celebrated because there was a long time where imperfect women, flawed women, they were like, uh, what an
1: antiquated thing, like the perfect woman. There's a, for, I hate that word. Cause like the, the, there's no such thing as that. The only thing in my mind that can be perfect is like a meal or like a bottle of wine, or you know, like humans, no, because humans are flawed, aired, all of it, so I think that's such an unrealistic thing to even try to remotely live up to, like I can't, but I
0: do think that it was a pressure, I think it's a, always a pressure for women, but I think it's less so now than it was, but I think it used to it used to be everything where for women. did your
1: mom have any like issues with you when you were on Vanderpump? Um, no, I think. I think it um, it, it was hard for her to see me, you know, like upset or when I we would have like fights or like Tom and I would fight and she would know I was upset about something. It'd be it'd be hard for her to see like me go through certain things like that and hard for like her to see some of the backlash I would get. And and then obviously, like when I would swear, she'd be like, oh, oh my god. but now
0: stop listening to the radio show because I say. Fuck too much.
1: Yeah, I remember telling my mom, I'm like, if you're gonna like, you know, be upset all the time that I don't want you to watch it, like, don't oh, get upset. Oh, you know times
0: I threatened. I was like, I will call Sirius and I will cancel your subscription. I didn't know how to do that, but <laughs> I threatened it.
1: Yeah, I think. <laughs> right. But but my mom, she's all she's honestly proud because she sees me, you know like living my truth and saying how I feel and saying what's in my heart. And she's the one that always told me, like, if you're just saying what's in your heart, like that's, that's your truth. That's what you can, I, you you can stand behind those words. You can get behind it. And so that's something that just the, the the good things that she's instilled in me that she sees on the show, she's always really proud of, of me doing. That's sweet.
0: My yeah. mom finally came around the radio show. She just, I think a part of her was just like, she's playing pretend. <laughs> That's fine.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's hard but because no. it's like, here you're going you're, you're to see now like all the sides of me. You're not going to see the side that I, and I thought I like presented a certain side to her, but like, yeah, I would, I would never like swear around my mom because it was like, I didn't want right. to, you know, it was like wanting to like respect her feelings and, you know, but I mean, she always knew that I was like, I could be, you know, like bitchy at times or she never, she never thought in my mind, like, oh my God, my daughter's perfect. I mean, my daughter's perfect in the way that moms always think that, you know, their kids are perfect, but like, not like she wasn't like, oh my God, I had no idea you were like this. She knows exactly like who I am. Yeah. No, not me. Well, my mom put a (laughs) lot of pressure on herself to be perfect. And so it was like a trickle
0: down. It's like, it's like a, it's almost like a generational flaw in the family, you know? And so, so when I came out, this so long yeah. story, like longest story ever. So when I came out, I think I was like me being gay was threatening that perfect family unit that she in her mind had had built in her head. Of it like, wasn't that gay was bad; it was it about was that- you
1: not like like having the husband forever and the kids and the. the you got But, it. but it's well, like you it, still it can. Mini me.
0: Her it was me being her mini me, and that's what she like had thought of for you know. She worked hard to build a beautiful life, and so she like worked really hard to build a beautiful template and foundation blueprint for the rest of us to follow and so you know not following it was like like and the thing with my parents it was really interesting they were so supportive of lgbtq plus like i like so and i was always Mm -hmm. very proud of them for being that way let's also be clear too i wasn't like struggling as a like little lesbian girl my whole life like i had no idea i wanted to even kiss a girl until i was like in my 30s like we're talking like 33, that's a long, I've lived a heterosexual life the majority of my life, yeah. at least in my mind. Maybe I had it buried deep down inside, but it wasn't like, you know, like, like I was like suffering in silence, okay? It was mm-hmm. like a year of like a lot of hard work. And I mean, I was an adult when I went through that. So like kudos and like um, my heart just goes out to people who are struggling with this for years because it's so hard. But like we had um, in my town a trans now woman but his name was Michael. Now he's, his name is Michelle. And my parents didn't even fucking flinch. They didn't bat an eye when they found out about Michael transitioning to Michelle. They were, like, so for it. So when I did tell them I was, like, wanting to date Taylor, my girlfriend now, and they weren't, like, great. I was, like, what? <laughs> so I just think that it's just, you know, it took him a second to adjust. And this is something that, like, I've talked about with my other friends who have come out, like, Yeah. It is, you know, I, I think it's more that it's like you think it's either going to be like pray the gay away or like, you know, You're, we, we're abandoning you. <laughs> or it's like we always knew, honey. Congratulations. There's something more in the middle where like families are like, I accept it, but I'm confused and I need like a second to process. And that's like what we went through. So okay. that's what I'm what that's what I meant when I said the gay thing. Um, gotcha. But it is this, like this idea of like perfectionism that I think it was really it's put on women, not on men. Men don't have to look perfect. Men don't have to, you know, behave perfectly. Like this idea of like being a good girl—that's instilled in us in a very young age. And when yeah. you're not a good girl, what's the opposite? What? What else can you be? But you're that, a bad girl. But
1: the the gold standard of what is supposed to be a perfect woman is very, again, like I said, antiquated. And now it's totally. like you you can still be a perfect woman with a, or not perfect. Okay, fine. You could still be the best woman with a, a really healthy, woman. you know, relationship with you know a family with kids and that might not look like the you know the the idea that was put out so many years ago because it could be with another woman and you could still have exactly. kids like it's like, a, it's like exactly. it doesn't matter that that it's been switched up changed up a bit it still can like be that great life that i think that's all i think that's what it needs to be changed you not trying to be perfect but just be living a happy, you know, full life.
0: Well, I mean, I think it I think that image is changing. And I think that like mm-hmm. I think we're living in a world now where we are people are more open to, you know, it's the new normal, if you will. Like there's so many different versions of normal now, whereas before. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, Katie, don't get mad at me when I say this. I blame Disney. I blame <laughs> Disney. Really? When you yeah. think about what we all grew up watching, right? And what we were exposed to, it was usually predominantly white. <laughs> Yep. Heterosexual normative bullshit. It's bullshit. like right? And the and the woman is like a damsel in distress, and then the prince saves her. Like people flipped over frozen because it was the fucking first time that it wasn't about male, female, straight, white love. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And but and I love how people were like. Elsa might be gay. Like, bitch, no one said she was gay, okay? So, like, well, because we just,
1: like, she doesn't have a man, so, so
0: what's wrong with lesbian?
1: her? <laughs> she must be a lesbian. Or what's wrong with her if she doesn't have a man and she's not interested in that? It's like, come off of it. This
0: week's episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by You Beauty.
1: Um, A lot of you have been asking about my skincare
0: routine lately. No, for real, though. A lot of people have been. People do from time to time. And usually I'm like it's the Paris filter on Instagram. However, I recently started using you beauty and now I give that all the credit because I don't have to use Paris filter anymore. So building a skincare routine is one of those things that's way easier said than done, right? There's like so much noise, so many different ingredients, so many different products to consider. And if you actually like do the research and spend the time to figure out what to use, you're still stuck with like a clunky time-consuming routine that's got like all these different products so expensive also it's like a 13-step skincare routine it's not realistic i mean it's not for me i need like one and done enter you beauty's resurfacing compound it's a patent pending formula built on the idea that more isn't always better it's a smart and clinically tested compound that brightens resurfaces tightens tones and balanced skin in a single bottle giving you a foolproof way to streamline your routine and get transformative results. Also, love this. Whatever your skin type, whatever your concern, Beauty's Resurfacing Compound helps your skin achieve quicker results with less irritation. And emphasis on quick people, okay? Expect to see smoother, brighter skin and visibly faded lines, wrinkles, and dark spots in three to six days. So I've been tanning a lot. If you can't tone it, tan it, honey, during these last few months. And I have started seeing some skin discoloration. It's something that pops up ev- like every other summer and it freaks me out. And I'm telling you, I started using U Beauty and it went away. This stuff is fab. Um, and I'm not the only one singing the praises of U Beauty. Okay. Vogue called the Resurfacing Compound a game changer they're right harper's bazaar dubbed it the best exfoliating serum in this year's anti-aging beauty awards so hello preach you guys it's clean it's cruelty free it's gluten free it's non-gmo it's vegan and it's never tested on animals and it takes all the guesswork out of building a well rounded routine in a single bottle yeah one step that's up my alley with great results Curious to see what a smarter routine can do for your skin? Go to theyoubeauty.com, that's the letter U, and enter promo code TAYLOR at checkout to receive 20% off your first order. Again, one more time, that's T-H-E-U-B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use my promo code TAYLOR, T-A-Y-L-O-R, for 20% off. And now, to the podcast. But when we think about like what, what perfect is, we do, I mean, I think whether we consciously or subconsciously do it, I think you think about like, like you look at a couple and you're like, oh, for example, Selling Sunset, shell and Justin Hartley, they're the perfect couple. Mm-hmm. No, they not. No. They are not even together anymore. But like, by the way, did shell sell you your house? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no. For those of you who don't know, we're talking about Selling Sunset. Um, I'm obsessed. Katie, do you watch it? Oh my God, yeah. Well, I'm, I will watch it like in its entirety, like the day it comes out because it's just, it's so easy just to consume it. It's so like, it's digestible. It's just like, it, I think it reminds me also of reality TV, like, Back in, like, you know, like, 2012. Really. You want to know like, why? T- the creator is Adam DeVello who did The Hills. The Hills. So, it, like, reminds me of the music. Like, Tom always laughs when I'm watching it because he's just, like, the, the song is so intense. Like, every song is so anthemic. It's not just, right? like, it's, like, Banner, she's gonna get you. And it's, like, <laughs> it's it's all, like, this, like, power music throughout the whole thing, and it's just no, so intense. It, but it no, adds like, to it. Like,
0: like, literally, it's, like she's a boss you're the boss we're the boss of the world and then it's like we are the cool girls you can't sit with us it's like so <laughs> it's so true <laughs> I'm, I'm like are these real songs like did they find one artist with like these terrible tracks and just like pay her like a d de- like a small amount of money that they just like use it over and over again i'm like or are these like hits and i'm like old no and i don't know it because they
1: they don't sound like current hits they sound like hits that were in like the you know 2010 era like
0: <laughs> you want to you want to mess with us boop boop well you can't sit with us boop boop it was like literally yeah. like they wrote a soundtrack to Mean Girls on Broadway and then they were like that's a shit one let's start from scratch and then like Adam DeVillo got it for selling Sunset and that's all he plays <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> I want to I want to go through like the whole like uh what would you call it the playlist the, the play like yeah of, soundtrack? like soundtrack <laughs> And play oh and play as I'm going throughout the day, you know, and just have it be like my hype music. She's it's gonna be okay. Nothing can get her down. <laughs> very female centric. I know. That's for sure. But that show is just it's it's gold.
0: I love it. I know. It's so, it's so fucking good. Well, speaking of that show and villains and yeah. people who are perfect, so like I guess the term would be there's always a protagonist to any good story, mm-hmm. right? And then there is the antagonist. So pro is the good guy, antagonist is the bad guy. The villain, if you will. Yeah. And it's interesting with Selling Sunset because Chriselle is hands down the protagonist. Like you have sure. no question. She's she's a nice girl, she's a good girl. She was and the new girl. Like, yes. Yeah, the new girl, yeah. right. Then Christine. They were they were definitely setting her up to be the antagonist, and she was willing, will v- very willing, you know. But then Davina Ugh. came out of nowhere, and now. But here's the interesting thing: Christine is the villain that we love to hate, but we still like love her because she's fabulous and she's funny. Yes, and, like, even though she's mean, we're like, girl, you go on with yourself. Mm-hmm. But Davina's intolerable. So from coming from a reality TV background, I'm sure you see things differently. So. Break that one down for me.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with you about Christine. And I still think she is like a, the antagonist of it because, you know, yeah. maybe maybe not this like most recent season. I think she was just more like self-involved of anything because I remember like when Her she wedding. was saying, she was like, oh, this is supposed to be about my wedding and now everyone's focused on <laughs> Christelle's divorce. And I'm like, um, priorities, girl. <laughs> like your wedding is still important, but it's like not m- more important to anyone but you. And right. you, like... Christella it's Scott. really just an event for most the, of the guests. Yeah, but it was just like, oh, now she's taking away my thunder because of her stupid divorce. It's like, <laughs> whoa, girl. <laughs> like, uh, but then, yeah, Davina just, Davina's just always come across, like even when it was like, what, was it the first season or when she got, yeah. When Mary when got- she made fun of the Moise and I Ring. The Moise Ring. And, and I'm just like, if 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 Mary was happy with that, like you can just be like, OK, well, that's seems weird to me, but she's happy. So I'm not going to press the issue on it, you know, but I know I know that, you know, in reality TV, sometimes it's like you got to sort of like keep a, keep it up, you know. <laughs> right.
0: But but wait, wait. But, but do you think Davina's doing it from like prodding
1: from producers
0: and like encouragement for, or, or because she wants to get involved and like have a have a storyline? Or do you think she's just literally like that? it IRL like always like like just like foot and mouth
1: syndrome I think it's foot and mouth syndrome and also kind of like her being pressed to like get involved in the drama and have a stake in it but she goes about it in a wrong way like it doesn't it, like I don't know if it, it's it's genuine or authentic or like if she just thinks that's the way that she's gonna like get involved by being like really uh bitchy or judgy about things you know um she's a
0: c- she's a cuntasaurus
1: yeah I think maybe it's also like coming from insecurity too, a well, lot definitely.
0: Of... she she's a nervous wreck she does that awkward giggle all the time she's totally insecure but the way it manifests itself is like girl it's back off well this is the thing so I've had debates a lot recently about Davina being the most like hated in to, like intolerable person on reality television ever would you agree or disagree and if you disagree who would you say is the most hateable, intolerable person who's ever graced reality television?
1: Oh my God. Um, Shoot, that's really hard. I mean, she's definitely up there because she's obviously fresher on- Is she top 10, top five, top three? Probably top five, but- (laughs) um, (laughs) Hold on, let me think about that for a second. How how am I supposed to match you? Spencer Pratt?
0: Um, he was up there,
1: yes. But, although I, although he, uh, but it was maybe
0: I for, maybe I forget how mad he made me. But like now, he doesn't make me mad at all. He's all about the
1: crystals and shit. But yeah, also it was just like the the relationships with like on the hills with like Spencer with like his sister and stuff. Those like kind of run like a little deeper. So I think there was like. Even though it's like, yeah, he was clearly a villain, but he was like he was a good villain because you still like you knew him while well, you knew, understood the the dynamics and the history of of these relationships that he had. Where with like Devine, it's like it's been very clear that it's like she doesn't really know these people kind of, you know, like they don't they're not like best friends Right. outside the show so it's like it's so sometimes when it's just like being mean for the sake of being mean or being mean because you're hurt because you know this long time relationship friendship sister person in your life like it's like a, it's a you know you're having like a serious argument or a serious fallout with somebody and like the stakes are so much higher with Davina I don't understand the stakes like I don't know what her goal was like at at um, Christine's wedding to just bring up the whole um, oh, well, there's two sides to the story, Chriselle. Like, what's his other side? like, what what is the point of that if it's not just to be mean? Like you don't right. like you don't have a stake in this. Like you don't really care that much about Justin's side of the story. And Mary kept saying, like, no, there yeah, there's sure, there's two sides, but we have to be on Chriselle's side because she's our friend. We don't know Justin. and they even said, like you've never even met Justin. So like what what are you doing? I know. It just felt also, unnecessary.
0: I, I have a list of the most hated reality TV stars in history. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to do all of them because some of them, well, first was like the, the OG was Richard Hatch from Survivor because he was so conniving, but that's a competition show. So that's like whatevs. Yeah. Um, also, Omarosa from The Apprentice.
1: Yeah, I didn't watch that, but I've, I've heard she about She was pretty that,
0: intolerable. Uh, I'm going to blow your mind with this one. Puck from the real world San Francisco. Is he, Did you watch? Is that? he the one that hit the girl? He's the one. No, 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 no. That was uh, was was his name. I think his name was David. Was he the one he that opened hit, up the car door? And, he like, hit Irene. Him. He open-handed smacked Irene in the face. Yeah. But she, I don't want to say she deserved it, but like Irene was the fucking worst. <laughs> um, but no, Puck was on the Real World San Francisco, and there was a guy named Pedro who was the most lovable human being in the world, and he was also HIV positive, and Puck was like this, like, biker, messenger, fucking punk. He'd, like, snot rocket boogers out of his nose. He was just disgusting. (laughs) And he tortured Pedro. And everyone's like, it's like going after a bunny. Leave Pedro alone. So, Puck was the most hated. Spencer Pratt Mm -hmm. and Heidi Montag are on the list together as a couple. Mm -hmm. Um, Daniel Staub is on there. And then also, and I love this one so much, um, Camille Grammer. I actually have to say, she's one of my top most hated uh, reality TV stars. She, she, I cannot, every time they bring her back, I'm like, why? <laughs> no. Like her at that dinner party with her psychic friend smoking her vape before anyone <sighs> oh even my knew God. what vaping was, that was the most... Insane thing I've ever seen. And Camille was just being like, What? Me? It's like, Camille, you are using this woman as a pawn. You clearly got her to do your dirty work for you. Like, Camille, I see you, Camille. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do you know what I love about like the housewives of New York, for instance, is that I feel like there's not always like a clear villain because they kind of all like take the hat off and they pass it around. Like even from episode to episode, like it's just yes. it's always like there's not just like one dramatic issue that is playing out over an entire season. It's like every day there's something new and then they get over it. And then the next time someone's being the bitch and then then that gets resolved. And then the next episode, someone else is being <laughs> the bad yep. guy.
0: Well, now well, also on this list is Christine Quinn, who is selling Sunset. And I actually have to say, like, is she like? this is a list of most hated, okay? This is a list of villains, because you can have a villain, like, Bethany Frankel, she's a villain, but, like, everyone loves her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pfft, I mean, Dorinda, somebody, one of my friends DM me recently, Dorinda is my pitch and my peak this season of Roni. But it's true, it's like, you're like, Dorinda! But then you're like, but I like love her. So it is interesting because I feel like there are some there are some, you know, people on reality TV. Davina is for me this the the worst of Selling Sunset. I like there's also villains we love to love. So like Christine, mm-hmm. like I feel like we would get along with Christine. Like we'd have fun. I don't, I don't know. Christine. I mean, she seems like high maintenance. <laughs> she does look like she's uncomfortable constantly.
1: Like her outfits must take hours. Uh, the her looks rather. And I keep thinking about like I'm like how heavy is that ponytail? Oh, my God. Right. (laughs) But yeah, like the outfit, you know, I mean, if anything, she just is like probably more just like self-involved and that can come across as villainous. Like she doesn't care about anyone but herself and she like will look down on people. But I feel like at the end of the day, I think she just kind of like doesn't understand the effect or impact she has on people. And like that's what will come across as being, you know, mean or a villain because you just you don't care about anyone else.
0: You know, this is something that's interesting too. Is like, I think that a, like a classic trait of like a a bully, maybe we'll use the word bully, a villain, is that they don't have, they lack self awareness, right? Yeah. So, like, to me, like it, you can like say mean things, do mean things, act a fool, and whatever. I mean, all things that I do, but like as long as you can see it, like you're good on you're 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 good on my end. Like, mm-hmm. I'll actually take a what What? I'm just using labels right now just to like for conversation sake but like I'll take a mean girl like a Regina George like somebody who's like can I be mean? Of course I can be mean. I'll take a, that over a girl who's like I'm so sweet and I do nothing wrong and meanwhile they're dropping bombs constantly all over the fucking place and they're stirring
1: like, the pot and they're being like oh, playing you know like, like, like talking out of both sides of their mouth like it's just like,
0: like there was this girl in my life oh my god I, I'll hear I'll hear her for the rest of my life And I think the reason I hated her the most was because she was a mean girl masquerading as a nice girl. Mm -hmm. And I have no time for that. I have all the time for mean girls. We can talk. We can be honest. We can be direct. But like if you're, I also have time for nice people. If you're super nice, that's fucking great for you. I don't know what that's like, but good for you. (laughs) But it must be exhausting quite frankly. But like if you're a down low mean girl and you want to pretend like you're the nice one and always the victim, I, that's my number one pet peeve in a human being's personality so this girl, ugh, we would fight all the time. And I would be like, yo, it takes two to tango. We don't like each other. Let's just admit it. And she'd be like, I want to be close to you. And I was like, you don't, you don't. <laughs> and I was like, and at this point, I don't want to be close to you. So like, can we just coexist? Because I don't want to fuck with you. I don't want you in my life. I don't want to have these free fucking dinners with you and include my my friends that I actually care about. Like, Go, go, stay in your life. I'll stay in my life. Let's coexist. I remember we got in a huge fight, like epic. Like this was like the beginning of like when shit really hit the fan. And I was like, I will take responsibility for what I do, but only if you fucking have real, like real talk. Take responsibility. Admit some. You have to admit some wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, honestly. I'm a. All, everybody that knows me knows I'm a pillar of the community. Everybody that knows me knows that I'm such a nice girl. Uh, and I was like, but you're, but you're truly not. And I actually was at your wedding, and it seems like your bridal party fucking hates you. I didn't say that. I thought <laughs> that in my head. But I was like, I, I said to her, I was like, listen, we all have a capacity to be mean. I need you to get real with me and like own your shit. And I said, remember that time that you put brownie in that girl's car? Okay, so there was the, the, uh, there was a story I had. Oh, it. So I said. Remember the time that you stuck the brownie in that girl's car. Like, she broke up with your best guy friend. And you were, like, you're fiercely loyal. So you went, you you saw her car parked outside of Starbucks. It was a brand new car that her mom and dad bought her. You guys were in college. Where you were in college was a very hot place, very humid. So this does double damage. And the girl's sunroof was left open. So this girl walked into the store next door, got a brownie. And smeared the she smeared the brownie all over all the handles of the car door, because like you get your fingers fucked up. And it was like a brand new white car with like tan interior. Ugh. And she like dropped the brownie, like just like like cookie shit all over the inside of the end. She ruined the car. Okay. Oh God. So I said, remember when you did that? And this is her response. Her response wasn't no, I didn't do that, or I did do that. Her response was this. I knew you were talking about me behind my back. What? And I went, wait. What? what? And she's like, "This is exactly to my point. You talk shit about me. You've been talking shit about me." And I was like, "Yo, yo, yo." And she was like, "What?" And I was like, "You told me that story." <laughs> Uh-oh. And then she goes like no, this kitty. She wasn't like oh whoops like at that point i'd be laughing at myself like okay you caught me because she was telling me one time to be like oh my god i'm so loyal listen to what i did to this bitch i remember thinking like that's a really fucked up story so anyway so i said to her you told me that story guess what her
1: response was i'll give you three guesses katie i'll give you three. Oh, uh, she said she denied telling you or okay okay
0: that's guess one that would make sense but no she did not she said
1: um (laughs) uh, okay she said that you remembered it wrong also a great guess no um or that how dare you be talking about it to other people or assume that you were talking about it to other people right
0: also in line (laughs) logically no she said this to me this is all she said and when i said that she didn't even give a beat she said all my friends love me.
1: Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> I'm like, and that's when I said, I feel like I knew
1: this person. I mean, not exactly who you're speaking about, but I, I know one of those uh, probably a couple of my life I've been delusional.
0: And I thought to myself, this is never going to work because this person's never going to stop the narrative that like, I'm a pillar of the community and like all my friends like me. And like, it's just like, that's how you fight with people. Everyone loves me. First of all, no, they don't. I'm right here. And I do not. Also, I. I mean, I bet if I got one of your friends fucking wasted, they would tell me that you're a monster. Mm-hmm. But it's like I'm not. I don't have time to fuck with this person. But like that's the thing is like that's somebody that I have no time for. Is like that lacking of self awareness. You know the lacking of self
1: awareness. I have a really hard time connecting with people on because they they tend to be like that. They're like you know the the perpetual victim and everything. And but I have you know like like Ramona Singer style. I have so many. <laughs> girlfriends you don't support women and it's just like that's not the point I'm trying to make it's just like you you make a lot of enemies
0: yeah and you hurt people's feelings and And so and if she were like you know what I shouldn't have said that it'd be like thank you and to go back to the point of your podcast humanizing people Mm -hmm. and like I think most people are humanized humanizing a bull is that even a word but there are some people some rare breeds who they just can never see anyone's view but their own. Yep. But they just live in like not, the
1: little snow globe.
0: Yep. Of just like affirmations to themselves.
1: And their delusions that just swirl around their You're beautiful. Their
0: head. You're perfect. You're everything. You're never wrong. All your friends love you. That's what <laughs> comes down from their snow globe. Exactly. But like with you, Katie, like you are the first. I like, I feel like you, you are so accountable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to anybody who has thought that you were a villain, like, is there something that you've done on the show, that's you know, in life, whatever that like you regret. I certainly know that I have what that I wish I could take back. Ugh. I mean, I did something horrible in high school to a girl. Would you like me to tell you this story?
1: <laughs> Would you do
0: this? I was dating this guy. He was such a fuck boy. Freshman year, he was super cute. He, I didn't go to a party because there was like a tragedy in my town. There was like a like some a, a, some kid passed away who I like wasn't that close to, but it was still like the first person that like I knew when I was a teenager that passed away. So it was like just devastating. So that's why I didn't go to this big party post-freshman year. I was at, like, a new school. So it was, like, the boys' school and the girls' school got together and had a party. And this motherfucker, he went in the woods with his ex-girlfriend, who he told me had a wolf mouth because her teeth were all fucking gnarly. And she had, like, a British mouth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, <laughs> and she... And I'm like, I wonder why people think I'm mean. And she... <laughs> So she gave him a blow job in the woods and everybody knew about it. So all my friends were calling me like, oh my God, I know you're home like mourning the death of this like kid that died in your town. But like your boyfriend just got a blowy from his ex-girlfriend. And I was like, I, this, mm. <laughs> so I was so friggin' mad at him. Obviously I broke up with him. He denied it because fuck boys. But I wasn't even that mad at her. Cause I'm like, he was my boyfriend. She and I aren't friends. So she came up to me and she was like, first year of sophomore year. She was like, or first day of sophomore year. And she was like, I just like, I know that you're like mad at me. And I was like, honestly, girl, I don't even fucking know you and you're not important to me. You owe me nothing. He owed me everything. So like, I'm not even mad at you. That's not the bad part. That was actually good. Yeah. But I clearly had like feelings for him. I couldn't let them go. So like, we're talking like, I'm not joking. It might've been junior, even senior year. We're talking two, at least years later. I found out that a girl, a year below me, got fingered by him at a school dance and I was livid. <laughs> well, he wasn't even my boyfriend. I don't know where this came from. I marched my ass into that locker room because we had like separate locker rooms and I was like, where is blankety blank, you know? And so by I was way. like, I literally was like, um, girl, I heard that you got fingered by Blankety Blank at the dance. First of all, like, he doesn't even know your name or respect you. I was horrible. And I was like, also, also, you wear this uniform, because we went to all-girl Catholic school. I was like, when you wear this uniform, you represent this school, and that is not behavior of a girl who went to Notre Dame Academy. Like, I slut-shamed her. Hardcore. And... I thought like I was totally justified and I 1000% wasn't. And years later, my mom was at an ice cream shop. There was a girl in the uniform. I was in college since then. And she literally was like talking to my mom and they were kicking it off. My mom was like, Oh my God. So you go to Notre Dame Academy? She's like, Yeah. She's like, My daughter went there. And she was like, Oh, what's her name? I probably knew her. My my mom was like, She just graduated a couple years ago. And my mom was like, Her name's Taylor Strecker. And the girl went like this. Ooh, like Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and the City. Oh, the face girl? the face girl she face girl. her. She was like <sighs> and my mom was like when she was like she was a mean girl Ugh. oh and my mom was so disappointed of course but i ultimately was like you know what yeah of course that girl thought i was a mean girl she was probably friends with that girl of course of course so like can i say that i've been a mean girl in my life absolutely have i been the villain a hundo p but like when you're living in the public eye and sharing stories like this, like a lot of people have these stories and they don't tell people on microphones with audiences that are listening. <laughs> right. So like if you want to come for me and judge me, like that's fine. But you better be able to look back in the mirror and know that you're fucking perfect. Because who can't say that they haven't been a mean girl at some point in their life? I, I, yeah. I beg someone to figure it out. They're either Mother Teresa
1: or they're a fucking liar. Exactly. 100%. I mean, I like I'm thinking back, I'm like, yeah, there's probably, there's probably definitely things that I've done. Obviously like mean girl, whether it was just like not being like entirely, you know, kind to someone or judging them or, you know, not, Snap not, judgments. or not, yeah, not speaking up about something. But, um, you know, I just think when people just can't see outside of themselves and outside of like the, like the, just the narrow, way of thinking then like what do you like i like i i I mean i'm trying to think back of stuff on on the show that i'm like oh i regret that but it's but i can't because i think it all like ended up like things needed to come out or things needed to be said or we needed to like go through certain things to get to another point or lessons to be learned so i can't really say i regret things i mean there's things that i'm like okay that was embarrassing like getting drunk and calling someone a whore like i it's i'm not proud of that whatsoever
0: girl (laughs) (laughs) no judgment from my camp
1: yeah so i mean even though i'm like specifically don't have like stories like yours but i know there's absolutely (laughs) things in my life i'm not denying any of that right exactly and that's it but i mean i
0: think to like to humanize people like that's really the goal and to be able to humanize people is like to I'll like accept their flaws, like accept them for being flawed, you know? Yeah. Well, Katie, I'm excited about your podcast. I think the concept is genius.
1: Thank you. And
0: you're welcome. And (laughs) I, who, who do you have coming up?
1: Um, so I, uh, have James Kennedy on. No. Yeah. I
0: love you. This is why you're my bitch. You have James Kennedy coming on.
1: Yeah. And, you know, obviously like people, have watched the show, they've known that, you know, James and I, you know, we've never had a friendship that exactly landed. And then we became, you know, sort of like nemesis to one another and didn't get along. And he, you know, body shamed horrible things to you. Yeah. But, you know, um, he was this past year, he like got sober and I think, you know, he's kind of taken more responsibility in his life and wants to, you know, improve And I respect that. And we, you know, we've, we squash things and we're friendly with one another. And so, um, yeah, I was, I wanted, I wanted to come on and get to know him better. Find out. I love that. You know, I don't, I don't know him beyond what I know and what I've seen and just like our brief sort of like, um, encounters with one another or like being sort of acquainted with one another. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. And then, um, I'm gonna have Tom Schwartz on obviously, Avi. Uh, Avi, Lala. And then um, I have on Z Way. She's. Which is so fucking. She's iconic. I'm obsessed with her. Um, Obviously, Lauren Everts from Skinny Confidential. Love. Um, uh, Sarah of the Bird's Papaya. She's amazing. Just so, like, you know, normalizing normal bodies, body neutrality, just being, you know, loving yourself, owning like every piece of your body, like, whether it's just your cellulite or like the skin, you know, and, Ugh, and not, I need to listen to that You one, know, not conforming sure. to like those kind of like unrealistic things that are the ideal body, you know, types that are supposed to be out there. She just is like, no. And I just think I just love her content that she puts out on social media. It's so uplifting. And it's like, that's the kind of um, content I want to see. Um, yeah. Who else? My brother. <laughs> I love um, this. Yeah. So I we've got I've got some some good ones coming up. You.
0: I would say me. And you Taylor, Taylor Strecker. Like, talk about on hours?
1: We talk about cancel culture. We talk about cancel culture because that is just an epidemic. I feel like. I t- ho- oh totally agree. Um,
0: Katie, thank you for joining me. I love thank you so you. much. I love I miss you. you. I gotta get out there and see you guys. I
1: know. Come out. Well, I'm a little, you know, scared of a pandemic. I, I, reasonably <laughs> so, but
0: when know, you, when you feel know.
1: comfortable and you feel safe, you know, it will be safe, but you know, I'd love to I see know. you. I miss you guys so much. I got to get out there soon. So hopefully I'll see you.
0: I'll see your Fache, in person. <laughs> we can hug with masks. I Yay. mean, social, we can social distance hug. Air hugs. Well, thank um, you so much. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Thank you so much, you guys. Follow Katie. Um, uh for her podcast it is called you're gonna love me it's on dear media you can get it wherever you can get podcasts out now out now so go listen and go check it out katie i love you i love you you guys, that's it for us this week. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Please, please, please. Even if you've, like, rated and reviewed before. I don't know, maybe. I know y'all got some <laughs> bot accounts to fucks with me, so why don't you make some <laughs> bot accounts to support me? Exactly. Honestly, though, even if you give me a one-star review and you're really mean, it still helps. So please engage. Rate, review, and subscribe. Um, You guys will be back next week with another amazing podcast. Until then, bye, girl. Bye.